Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. You would stand with me and turn your Bibles to the book of John chapter 4. John chapter 4, I want to speak on a topic called Only God. I want you to look at your neighbor and slap them and tell them only God. They said church has gotten violent because the preacher tells you slap your neighbor, punch your neighbor, wake your neighbor up. And, you know, so only God. John chapter 4, verses 1 through 19. We're going to read 19 verses. I hope that's okay with you and you could stand that long for, for me. Amen. It says, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, Though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judah and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. I want to stop there real quick. And you might be standing for a little bit, but it's okay. It's good to get exercise in church. The Bible says he, 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 he departed from the place he was at. And it says that he had to go through Samaria. Now, I want you to understand something. There is a purpose and a reason why Jesus had to go through Samaria. It's because there was this woman that he was about to meet at the well. But you have to understand the whole, the, the whole timing of things. Jews never went through Samaria. Because Samaritans were there. And they didn't associate with Samaritans. They thought Samaritans were the, the mutts of the earth. They were, they were trash to them. They didn't associate with them. So the Bible says that Jesus, being a Jew, had to go through Samaria. But he didn't. But he chose to because there was a woman that he was about to encounter. And her life would forever be changed. It says to... Um, it says he needed to go through Samaria, so he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sakar, named near the ground, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his 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 son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, "Give me a drink," for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where, where, do you, where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this well, of this water, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I, that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, and said, I have no husband. Um, you have, Jesus said, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have, for you've had five husbands and the one who you are now with is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning that your word would go forth with clarity. 
God, I pray that you would take every single word that I speak this morning, God, and you would uh, glide it upon the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I pray that it would hit the hearts of your people here this morning. God, I know lives are going to be changed. I don't know which lives, but you already do. And so I pray this morning that you would just use me to deliver your message. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. The Bible says that Jesus had to go through Samaria to get to his next destination. It was a stop along the road, but this was not a necessary stop because Jews never went through Samaria. They always went around Samaria. But the Bible says that Jesus had to go there because there was one woman at the well that, w- that when, when she got there, she would forever change. Aren't you glad that God takes time out of his busy schedule to meet you exactly where you're at? Aren't you glad that he loves you enough that he would stop by, he would go out of his way, he wouldn't go around you, but he would go and meet you right where you're at to meet the greatest need and greatest desire that you have in life. That's the God that we serve. Another thing that you need to know about your God is the Bible says that Jesus was was weary and he sat thus by the well. The Bible doesn't say that the woman was there and Jesus went to meet her. The Bible says that Jesus was at the well, then the woman showed up. Jesus is so good that he knows exactly where you're going to be. And when when you need him the most, he's there before you even get there because he loves you that much. He's crazy in love with you this morning. I'm just bragging about him. This isn't part of my sermon, but I'm just bragging about him a little bit because he's that good. I want you to understand in the beginning, before Eve entered the scene... It was God and Adam. Creation took place and here comes Adam that God formed out of the ground, breathed into his his nostrils, and Adam became a living being at that moment. It was God and Adam. And I want you to know you can't find in the Bible the place where Adam complains to God and says, oh, God, this is messed up. The animals have each other, but me, I don't have nobody. The Bible doesn't say that God created Eve because Adam complained. Adam never complained about not having a companion. Adam never complained about not having anybody that looked like him or talked like him or that he could fellowship. Because I want you to know this, when God created Adam, what he was saying was, Adam, I'm all you need. Adam, I'm all you need. You don't need anybody else, Adam. I'll take care of you. But it was God who looked and said, but there was no suitable helpmate for Adam. So God had the idea to create Eve. It was God's idea and God's plan because Adam lacked nothing. He had no desire for anything else because everything that he needed was found and caught up in God. And I want to let you know this morning, now I'm beginning to preach. I want to let you know this morning that everything that you need, want, or desire is found in God. There's nothing that he lacks that won't fulfill anything that you need. Everything you need this morning is found in your maker. Can someone say amen? God created Eve for Adam as a helpmate, not as a replacement for himself. 
God didn't create Eve and said, okay, you got somebody now, Adam, I'm stepping out the picture. In the Bible, it was Adam and Eve and God. It was always supposed to be Adam and Eve and God. And it was always supposed to be Adam and God and Eve and God. And God wants it this way, that it would be you and God, that you would come to him and that everything that you have, need or want or desire would be found exactly in your maker this morning. You see, only God could heal the brokenhearted. Only God can satisfy the hungry soul. Only God can save the lost soul. It's only God that can meet your deepest needs. The Samaritan woman comes to this well to draw water as she did as a normal act of life. But that day was going to be different. When we look at the Samaritan woman in her life, here's a few things that, are stand, that stand out about her life. Number one, the Samaritan woman was married five times and divorced five times. I don't know about you, but I don't want that on my record. Because she was married five times and divorced five times, the Bible says that she was an outcast in society. And not only was she married five times and divorced five times, but she was going on guy number six, and Jesus stopped her. By human assumption, by human eyes, we could say this is not the type of girl that you bring home to meet the family. You don't introduce this lady to your family and say, this is the Samaritan woman. Oh, yeah, so where do you come from? What's your background? You know, I've been married five times and divorced five times. You know, I'm living with someone who's not my husband. You don't bring her home. She's not bring home kind of Thanksgiving material that you bring home to meet the family. That's just by human assumptions. Number two, she had issues. Pastor Nick, you're being kind of mean to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. That's that's no, I'm just being real. I'm showing the reality of her choices in life. She was not wife material. Everybody knew about this lady. Everybody knew the choices, the decisions she's made. This is not the type of girl that you get a friend request from and confirm that she's your friend on Facebook. This is not her. You don't want anything to do with her. You don't want people to know that you went to school with her. When she's in your class picture, you kind of draw a face over her. Why? Because you're just trying to get her out. That's what the world did to her. They, she was an outcast. They forgot about her. But aren't you glad that you serve a God who looks beyond all your your junk and looks beyond all your mess ups and says, you know what? I'll put you in my class picture. I'll put you. I love you so much. You're hanging on my refrigerator. Your mess ups when you were your, your jail pictures on my refrigerator. That's my favorite picture of you. Why? Because that shows the time that I met you. It's your lowest place. It's your greatest need. Your greatest desires are all met in him. We try so hard to meet these things in our greatest need and our desires. We try so hard to meet these things through other things. Things could never replace God. You can't get enough stuff that's going to make you happy. When God created Adam, he said, I want a relationship with you. And God's always desired a relationship with me and you. He's always wanted me and you. He's always wanted that fellowship with me and you. So what was the issue? What was the issue with the woman at the well? 
Well, we can make up our own assumptions. We could say, well, the issue is that she has relational problems. This girl can't hold down a marriage. She must, something must be wrong with her. No, that's the symptom. That's not the issue. When people look at you, man, that person got anger issues. Look at them. They don't even smile in in church. The pastor says, say hello to your neighbor. They don't move. They got anger. No, that's the symptoms. It's not the problem. Oh, look at that person. They've been this and that. They were raised in church. And look at the choices that they're making. That's not the issue. That's the symptom. Look at that person. They're hooked on drugs. They drink all the time. Man, they come in smelling like they bathed in vodka or something. No, that's not the issue. That's the symptom. And we're good at pointing out symptoms. The symptom of this lady is she was married five times and on guy number six. By human eyes. This girl's no good. But what was the real issue of her? In all reality, she was empty. There's a problem. Why is it that people get hooked on drugs? Because they're empty and they don't want to deal with it. Why is it that people jump from relationship to relationship to relationship? See some people walking with a new guy or a new girl every two to three weeks. You're a player. No, that's the symptom. The issue is you're empty. And you're looking to fill a void in your life that only God could fill. Why is it that this person is so angry? Why are they so bitter? Why are they so hurt? It's the symptoms. The issue is maybe something happened to them at a young age. That causes them to be very defenseful. And so they, they, everybody they meet, they, they act like that person's going to hurt them. But we don't look at that stuff. We just look at symptoms and we judge people based upon that. And here is this precious lady created in the same image of God that me and you were created in. God didn't create her any less or skip out on her and say, you know what? Now you're going to be a mess up in life. So I'll give you a little less love or a little less attention. He paid as much attention to her as he does to the person that's totally in love with them. And people threw her to the wayside and didn't associate with her any longer because she made some bad choices. Let me see, by a raise of hands, how many of you guys have ever made a bad choice in life? If you ain't raising your hand, you're a liar. Don't be lying to church. You guys know where liars go, right? Christian Worship Center on Sunday morning. (laughs) We're all guilty of the same thing. You know what I find funny about people? Is we are very quick to point the finger when someone messes up. We are extremely fast to become judge and jury and the, uh, the assassination team. We are very quick to do all that when someone gets busted. But what we fail to forget is that some of us have committed some of the same sins or committed sins in general, but you just never got caught. That doesn't make you any different than the person who got busted. In God's eyes, he already saw you mess up. So don't you judge anybody that's messed up. Make them an outcast because our, our, me and you should be in the same place. We just never 
got caught. Look at that person. I can't believe they're, they're in church and they were out there, you know, at the club last night and they were doing this. And, and I, I know that person drinks. I've seen some of the languages that they put on Facebook. Look, look they were posting holding a Corona picture on Facebook. I, I know that picture was recent. We judge. We're looking at all these things. I can't believe they come to church on Sunday mornings. How is that even possible? Look, at they go to the, the oh, yeah, they need the altar really, really bad. <laughs> Judging, judging, judging. Can you imagine this lady? The Bible says she's walking to the well. And the Bible doesn't say that there's this big entourage at the well. It says it's just Jesus sitting at the well. And he's thirsty because he's human because he had a long walk. And here comes this lady by herself. Where was everybody else? People all went to the well at the same time. They went to get water. They talked about things. My hair, I had a good hair day today. And they're talking about what, because it was the woman's job to get the water. But this lady's by herself walking to the well. Why? Because no one wanted to be around her because of her choices in life. Everybody gave up on her. Everyone walked out on her. They didn't associate with her any longer because of her choices in life. And they were looking at the symptoms and judging upon the symptoms. Man, if we're going to be judged upon our symptoms, we're all messed up. And we're all in a whole lot of trouble because we all got issues and we all got symptoms. And we've all made bad choices in life. But here's this girl by herself going to the well. Maybe she passed up a few people on the way to the well and they turned their back on her and began to walk the other way. Maybe it was her best friend who she was best friends from preschool all the way up until eighth grade or ninth grade or whenever she messed up. But now that person's turned their back on her and wants nothing to do with her any longer. Put a lot of trust in man. Put a lot of hope in our friends. Only when we need them the most, they're nowhere to be found. Because it's only God who's not going to let you down. And it's only God who's going to believe in you when no one else can believe in you. It's only God who's going to see past your junk. It's only God who's going to see past your mess up. It's only God who's still going to love you the same and unconditional through all your mess ups and still believe in you and not give up and not erase your name and then write your name back on it and erase your name and write. No, your name's in permanent marker in his book and it's written in blood because he loves you that much. Walking to the well by herself because everybody was judging the symptoms and didn't look at the emptiness of her heart. It's Kenny Rogers who wrote a song. Yes, I listen to country music. Don't judge me, it's the symptom. I worked as a welder in the country, and all they listened to was country music, and I hated it at the time, but it grew on me. You should try it sometime. <laughs> She's judged, and Kenny Rogers wrote the song, Looking for Love. You guys listen to country music, too. I knew it. <laughs> Looking for love in all the wrong places comes husband number one and she's standing up there at the altar excited 
he sees her walking down the aisle and she's in her white dress and, and, and they're excited. They hold hands and the, the, the rabbi is probably there, whoever married them at that time. I don't know. Maybe she's in her white biblical. I don't know what the dress attire was at that time. But she stands there and they're looking into each other's eyes and it's, it's love. She commits her life to him and everything's happy. They go home. Everything's happy. Everything's good. In the first few months, everything's good. And then all of a sudden... What she needs can no longer be met by her husband because it only could be met by only God. And so her husband begins to fail. So what do you do when something fails you? Well, like normal people, you get rid of it. When your batteries fail and you're remote, you don't keep them in there believing that they're going to recharge. <laughs> Throw them out, put a new set in, and that's what she did. <coughs> husband number two, they're standing at the altar, everything's good, and this thing plays on five times. The same song and dance five times. She was looking for something and the temporary fix of these men made her feel happy for a quick second. It's like alcohol could help you to escape your problems for a quick second or drugs could help you to get away from your problems for a quick second. But what happens when the high's done or the low's done or whatever you want to call it, you get back to reality. The reality was she was empty. The reality was there was no substance to her life. Reality was she was believing what everybody else said about her. And she was just living it out. All these guys are trying to fill a need that only God could fill. It's only God who can meet the need of God in your life. Nothing else can meet the need of God in your life. And she gets there and she thinks she's having this great taste of love. But what she's really experienced is an imitation love. You see, growing up when we ate waffles or pancakes, we would always have Miss Buttersworth. Anybody ever eat, had that before? Or just syrup or whatever you, wanna, whatever you had. I don't know what you had in your house. But we would put Miss Buttersworth all over our pancakes and you eat that thing up and it was good. Well, one day my wife, she decided to go to the store and get some real maple syrup. And so she has this thing of maple syrup and pancakes were made that morning and I just saw syrup on there, maple syrup. And, you know, that's what Miss Butterworth says, maple syrup. And, and so I assumed that it was all going to taste the same. But I take this real maple syrup and I pour it on my pancake and I take this big bite because I like to eat big bites. And so I take this big bite of my pancakes and all of a sudden I feel this disgusting taste inside my mouth and I spit out this, this pancake and I said, what did you buy? This don't taste like syrup, it tastes like alcohol. It's like maybe this stuff's spoiled or something. Maybe this, this syrup has gone bad. And, 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 and she goes, no, that's how real syrup is supposed to taste. I said, Miss Buttersworth don't taste like, like that real maple syrup. Can you get me that stuff? And, and I come to realize, like the woman at the well, I had become accustomed to the imitation taste of what maple syrup was supposed to taste like. So when I had the real stuff, what took place is my taste buds weren't accustomed to that. And it tastes foreign to me. And so here's this lady at the well who's accustomed to imitation love. Trying to fill the need with a man. Trying to fill a need with creation when only the creator could meet that need. It was Adam 
and God in the garden. And Adam was happy. But it was God who said, I'm going to give you a helpmate that's like you. Not out of the complaints of Adam. And this lady was looking for happiness. Looking for love in all the wrong places. And I believe that if Jesus wouldn't have been there at the well, she would have married guy number six. Because that was the only way that she knew how to fill that void in her life. And like many of us here this morning... We are that woman at the well. We are that Samaritan woman at the well who's been walking through life by ourselves because society has cast you out of anything good and anything great. They've caused you to live life alone because you almost wear these badges of your mess-ups around your neck and it's like this weight that's holding you down and you can't get any further because anytime you get any kind of success, what happens is you're looking down so you're reminded of the sign It's hanging around your neck. And Jesus begins to dialogue with her and asks her some what I call loaded questions. You see, she had knew that everybody knew about her. She knew that everybody knew what was going on in her life. So she didn't have to lie. If it was us and Jesus were to ask us, hey, go get your husband. Well, you know, Jesus right now, he, he worked the you know, swing, swing shift, so he's sleeping right now. I really can't wake him up. She was honest. No, Jesus, I ain't married. He says, you're right, you've been married five times. The guy you're with right now is not your husband. Hold on. How'd you know that? He says this, listen. Those who come to this well, they'll have to come back because they'll thirst again. He says, but I'm going to give you some water if you would allow me to. Notice Jesus didn't force it upon her, didn't tell her that she had to. He just offered it. He says, I'll give you water that if you drink one drink, it'll quench your thirst forever. And not only will it quench your thirst forever, but you know what? It'll spring up inside of you. You will now become a well of living water. It'll flow out of you because when you encounter true love, when you encounter the love of God and you walk up here and you've got all your mess ups around you and he says, leave the signs at the altar because you walked up an outcast, but you're walking back a son or a daughter. When you meet something like that, When you get the real love like that and you encounter true love like that, your life's never the same. You never can go back because you know that man could never meet your needs. You see, it upsets me at times when I hear people make the the comment that this is my girlfriend or my wife and, you know, they complete me. I'm sorry, that's false. Nobody completes you because God already made you whole. Your husband or your wife, they don't complete you, they complement you. They don't complete you, they don't make you. You weren't missing a piece when you got to them. 
They compliment you, but when you come into a true love and a pure love with God, you understand this one thing, that I'm whole all by myself. I can make it all by myself, but with my wife, I'm so much better. With God, why? Because with God, I'm already complete in him. I'm not lacking anything, and neither are you. You see, when I drink of the living water, then I could love my spouse the way that my spouse needs to be loved. I could love my children and parent the way that I need to parent. I could love my church, my pastors, and my church family the way that they need to be loved and the way that they need to be honored because I'm operating out of the overflow. This bottle right now is full to capacity. I can't add any more to this bottle. If I did, what would happen is this bottle would begin to spill over. It has no room or capacity to hold anymore. I want you to know that God wants to love you to the fullest. God wants to give you everything. God wants to make you overflow so that when you get poured into again, all of a sudden now little bit gets on DJ because I'm full of God's love. I can love DJ the way that he needs to be loved as a friend and as a man of God. I can love my people when I look at them and say, you know what, man, you, 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 you've been upon my heart and I, I love you. I want to pray with you. I believe in you. It's true because I'm loving out of the overflow of heaven. But when you're empty, you have nothing to give because you can't give what you're in need of yourself. If I need love, I can't give love. I could only give love when I've been filled and my needs been met. And some of you are, and you're, you're married, and you thought your husband or your wife was going to make you happy, and you found out that it's failed, and I'm not saying go get a divorce. What I am saying is come drink from his well this morning. Get filled up so that when you love, you can love out of the overflow of Christ. Some of you thought when I had children, now I'm going to feel complete. Someone's going to want me and need me and desire me. And so you had this little child growing in your womb, and it kicked, and you, you moved, and then you had this child, and you held it, and you feel so love. But now that child has turned its back on you and you feel like, God, what happened? He says, listen, you can love that child only when I filled you up. It's the overflow. And when you live in the overflow, then you're complete. Then you could give at that moment. You see, it's not that you're a bad person. What we see is just the symptoms. The issue is you're empty. You see, there's many substances that I could put to fill this bottle up. I could fill this bottle up with sand. But sand doesn't quench my thirst. I could fill this up with oil. And oil is a liquid form, but oil doesn't quench my thirst. Only water does. Until I put in here the substance that I need, I can't be filled. You could fill this bottle up with another husband, with another wife. 
You could go out and you could try drugs again. You could try alcohol. You could get a better job, get a greater paying job. You could go and get your master's degree, your doctrine degree. You could go and major in 40 different subjects at one time. You could go and do that. But until the thing that you need fills the bottle, you will never be satisfied. You will never have your need met. And I want to let you know that God is a one-stop shop. This morning, God says everything that you need, want or desire is found inside of me. And you'll never find it outside of me. And if you find it inside of me, you could give this thing away because he says he wants to create in you and through you a fountain. He says, I want other people to experience this love through you. So when you look at your husband or your wife and you tell them, I love you, it's not just words coming out your mouth. It's literally a flow or a stream from heaven that you've just encountered. When I tell my children that I love you and I believe in you, my love and my belief is going to fail them. But when I'm operating out of the overflow, his will never. When I look at my church, my church family, and I say I love you, I could only truly say those words if I'm filled with love. We've all experienced cheap imitations, Miss Butterworth kind of love. And this morning, God says, I want to give you the real thing. It might taste weird to you at first because you're not used to it. But the moment that you continue to eat and you continue to operate out of my love, it becomes normal now. So when the imitation comes your way and someone drizzles that all over your spiritual pancakes, you go, ah, get that out of here. What used to be normal is not going to be normal anyway, anymore. Why? Because she walked to the well by herself, an outcast. The Bible doesn't say that she walked away with Jesus or with a crowd of people. She walked away, though, whole and complete. And the Bible never goes on to tell us a story whether society let her enter back in or not. But that's not important because the story ended exactly where it needed to end, where it said that God encountered her and her life was forever changed. It doesn't matter if people like you after you encounter God. It doesn't matter if everyone's singing your praise. As long as your heavenly father in heaven got your back, everything is going to be okay. So this morning, if you're frustrated and feel let down in life, I invite you to come and drink. This morning, If you feel like life has just got you down and there seems no way up, I invite you to come and drink. This morning, if you feel like you've got the short end of the stick and everything goes wrong and never goes right, I invite you to come and drink because he wants to fill you up this morning. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. The maker of heaven and earth, 
took time out of his schedule to stop at a well for one person. The Savior of the world took time to stop at the well for one Samaritan lady. And this morning, he's decided to stop by Christian Worship Center for me and you. It doesn't matter what you've done. He's not concerned about what you've done. He's concerned about encountering you. So I'm not going to make five altar calls. I'm going to make one. Jesus didn't force the water, the living water on this lady. He offered it. My one altar call this morning is this. If you're empty and you need to be filled up, then I invite you to come up. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.